welcome to another episode of the Liga Mekis Preview, brought to you by the Mexican Soccer Show. I'm your host, Cesar Hernandez, and on today's episode, we're going to dive into Cruz Azul's incredible run of form. America looking to continue their progress after a big Clásico win, and also looking ahead to a fascinating battle between Santos versus Leon. But before we get into all that, let me introduce our guest for today. It's Oscar from the Máquina Cruz Azul. Oscar, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, Cesar. Thanks for having me again. Always a pleasure. I think is this is this the second the third time we've had you we've had you on the pod like you're definitely you, you're you're becoming our like resident crucisol expert over here I, I want to yeah, say maybe I, I three know. times think, now yeah that, I mean I, I hate to bring it up but the last time I was on here was before that infamous infamous uh four nil loss against Pumas in the semifinal oh, but um yeah that was the last time I was on and um yeah we don't have we don't have to keep talking about that but yeah that was the last time but yeah yeah it, uh, it feels good to be a recurring guest though i really appreciate it and i'm sure it feels good to be uh watching what has happened at cruise of soul uh since then, that it's things have changed uh significantly you've, you've had a you had a little bit of a scare at the beginning of the season but i mean the reason why we brought you on is just i mean i mean we're going to talk about it later but there's a lot of excitement around the team right now oh no 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 yeah definitely um yeah but yeah, definitely rough start, but like you said, we'll we'll get into it later uh, about the the form of the team right now. But again, just excited to to be back again. All right, Oscar, you know the drill. We're going to kick off the pod with three questions for our guests. So, are you ready for for three quick questions for you here? Yeah, let's go. One has nothing to do. Uh, one has nothing to do with uh, Cruz Azul, but so uh, I, I hope you're ready for that one. It'll be the last question, but the first two do ha- do actually have something to do with Cruz Azul. So, uh, so number one, for you, who immediately comes to mind when you think of Cruz Azul's best player so far this season? Oh, that's a tough one. It's it's just because it is it is a collective effort, like uh, like I always say, um, but I I can't give you one just because. Uh, I, I did four players the other day. For me, okay. it, it's either between Luis Romo, mm-hmm. or Berlin Pineda, mm-hmm. Juan Escobar, or uh, who was the last other one? And Cabecita, obviously. I think he 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 really establishes that final that final third for us. But either one of those two. But if I had to edge out out of all of them, I I would think. Oh man, it's it's really hard for me. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say Luis Romo. Okay. Um, right. Luis Romo. Yeah. Final answer. Um, but like I said, it's it just it's really been a collective effort of what of why this team has been um been really 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 kicking off. And I like that answer. It sounded like you're like a like a player for the team right there. It's like no no, it's collective effort. You know, we're a team. <laughs> I love that answer right there. <laughs> but uh, number two, does manager Juan Reynoso? deserve more credit for what he's done with this team in such a short amount of time or do you think it's this is more on the players and their own uh, individual success i guess you could say again this is probably a typical media uh, uh answer but it's both to be honest juan that also deserves a respect and recognition along with the players um give a little bit of context of both juan that also came into the job just six days before uh the season started and as you can see, and I think you admitted that you were one of the, the media people, fans, everyone that really questioned his uh, his appointment at the club and be like, he's going to probably be one of the first people to, get to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I was probably one of the few, if only fans that I saw on on social media feed that was really, hey, let's let's give him some time. And then 
look and behold, he kind of proved everybody wrong and proved himself. And then the players too. I think the players, all the players deserve a lot of credit as well because, I mean, I hate, I hate to bring back that, that just that 4-0 loss to uh, Pumas, <laughs> but it has to be brought up just because as a player, um, especially in the professional game, um, you know, I, I think, I, I think people forget that like professional players or anyone in, in a professional setting that's kind of has a limelight on them. They are human beings too. And the fact that they were just oh, like, all right, um, that game has passed, let's move on. And that's exactly what they did. They left that game behind. And I think every, every, every single player on the pitch right now is, has proven that that game's behind us and we're, we're on to the next one. I love it. All right. Now it's a question number three, which has nothing to do with Cruz's soul. And I don't know if this is going to um, offend the Boston food community, but is there good Mexican food in Boston? I've never been to Boston, but for some other reason, oh, it's, we- it's weird to man. think of a good taco or burrito spot in Boston. Oh, I hate to say it. I mean, for my standards, you know, before I went to like Cali, Texas, Chicago, you know, the motherland, Mexico, but <laughs> to Mexico City, Guadalajara. Um, no. But growing up, I knew a couple of spots where like, yeah, this, this is definitely the best spots in, here in Massachusetts, the Boston area. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it's there's obviously good food. Like, you're not going to be like, oh, this is Taco Bell or something. But there's definitely, um, comparing it to like Cali food, like LA food, the Chicago area, Texas, it doesn't, it doesn't compare. I know, um, uh, I think Christian from the Eagle Eye podcast, he's here on the East Coast too. He, yeah. he thinks, he thinks he knows what real Mexican food is, but he does, he doesn't, unless he went to like Mexico, um, East Coast, East Coast Mexican food is not the same as LA, Texas, you know, those type of areas. But, um, Hey, they, they get the jobs done, I guess. Right. I mean, my mom's tacos are all right, but they're nothing like, uh, the motherland, I guess, you know, but, um, yeah, I, I feel like if someone like you or anyone from Texas, Chicago came over to this area, you guys would probably be heavily disappointed. Okay, cool. I'm glad I, I'm glad that I didn't offend anybody from the Boston food community because I was worried that you would be like, oh man, what are you talking about? Have you not heard about blah, 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 or blah, blah, blah. Or blah. I, was, I was a little worried when I was going to ask now, that one, but. You know what? You know where you would be offended if you said something like it, do you guys actually have good pizza or does LA have like, because I, I hear you guys have awful pizza, because, um, you know, New York, Boston, yeah, we, I think that's the, the king of pizza, uh, pizza place besides maybe Italy, but even Italy, New Yorkers will say that Italy, uh, New York has better pizza than Italy, which is uh, kind of funny. Well, before I start talking pizza and start talking about Pequods in Chicago and how I can like live there forever and just eat deep dish pizza for the rest of my life, we should probably start talking about Liga Mekis. Uh, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's let's dive into Cruz Azul versus Atlas. That'll be this Saturday. Oscar, if Cruz Azul were pizza, what kind of pizza? No, I'm just kidding. Oscar, <laughs> will this be 10 wins in a row for Cruz Azul? It seems like it's likely like that's going to happen from my perspective. I know you, you get very diplomatic uh, answers but I, I just immediately like it seems like this is going to be 10 wins in a row for them right yeah um yeah like i said i i i just like this i like to see the positives on both sides and just be devil advocate okay and not okay. completely write things off from, from the other team um but on paper yes like if this was a fifa simulation match i mean this is an easy win but um like i said this is real life and if if any wouldn't that just be the most Liga MX thing to happen True. at a club like Atlas, no disrespect, True. Yeah. to end Cruz Azul's winning streak um, and extend theirs? I mean, to be fair to them, they're on an undefeated streak as well. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not winning mm-hmm. every game, but they're not losing either. But um, 
but yeah, if we do win, we'll tie we'll tie our record in the in the early seventies, the seventy one, seventy two season, if I'm not mistaken, to ten wins, and then um, hopefully we could extend on that and try to keep on going to the to the Leon. What was the Leon record? Was it twelve or thirteen wins? Oof, I forget. I, I I definitely I would, I would have to look that up, but but I mean, but building off of what you said there, though. I think if, if we're going to play devil's advocate here, if we are going to say, all right, l- let's be worried this Atlas side, because like you mentioned, they've been doing pretty well. And I know what people are immediately going to say is just like, well, they were gifted three points, you know, in that America mm-hmm. uh, result. But the thing is like, even if we, even if we were to actually see that as a loss, even if we're to actually see that Atlas uh, uh, game against America as a two, nothing loss, what's happened since then is they got a, a draw against the Luca and then they got three wins in a row. And what's been most impressive to me by this Atlas side, and it's something that I'll say over and over and over again, is just how well they look defensively under Diego Coca. And I'm mm-hmm. just saying that because once again, it's, a, it's something I say frequently on this podcast, but when Diego Coca was with Cholos, I was always impressed by how def- like strong defensively they were set up. So it's not really that surprised to me to see how well they're doing in the back line. That being mm-hmm. said, like I said, playing devil's advocate here, but yeah. That being said, why I'm thinking Grusasur still going to find that win is because Grusasur he'd been even more impressive, not only just uh, through like a handful of games, but through the entire season. Through, I mean, if we're being honest, since last summer, Grusasur has been very, very impressive defensively. You know, when it when it comes to a lot of these regular season matches, so I think yes, Atlas they're very strong defensively, but I think Grusasur even better. In the back line, and then when you look at the attack, I mean, it's just that's 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 an entirely different story, and just grew sore head and shoulders above Atlas. No, yeah, definitely. Um, especially the scoring, the fact like how I mentioned, like I, you know how you said one player that really could stick out. I mean, I think the the media popular question would probably be like someone like a Cabecita Rodriguez, who was mm-hmm. our top scorer last last season, and I think he was top scorer this tournament, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but the fact that everybody has really has contributed to the to the goals. I mean, I, I forget that how diverse the goal scoring is and the, uh, the assist ratio as well. Um, if I could just compare it a little bit, going off a little bit off score here, like kind of oh, like the, it, the yeah. New England Patriots motto of like do your job, and that motto is kind of like each single player does a specific job, and that way the team plays well collectively, and whoever gets the limelight on a certain day, that that'll be it. But Everyone's just doing their specific job, job to that duty that Juan Reynoso wants, wants a team to play. And um, going back a little bit on on the goal scoring, I mean, it's no surprise that we we have scored 16 goals in nine in the last nine games, received only five. And then again, that's where I guess the the Atlas kind of like it, it's going to be easy walk in the park. They have they do have a, a undefeated um, kind of run, but they've only scored 11 games and the net they have received seven goals in uh, 11 matches which is um i don't know you look at it stats wise like again that's just another thing to look at yeah i'm glad that i mean that you brought up those uh, supporting plays for cruz soul because i feel like for me that's part of the story about them is that it's not just cabecita it's not just you know Reynoso just like you know take it charge. like you you do look at some of these like roberto alvarado who's had mm-hmm. a, yeah a see big, i could have said him too he's been yeah. great he, he he's had a number of uh, goals and assists uh, this season. I think uh, Rivero, uh, I think I mentioned him. Yeah, uh, Rivero uh, too. Yeah, he's really of, picked up form. Yeah, and uh, and then also uh, 
is it a Paul Fernandez recently has like stepped up too. And it's just like, you're seeing this. It's like, okay, it's, it's not just, it's not just give the ball a cover seat. Then he's going to find the back of the net. There is a lot of players here who really started to step up. And it, I mean, you mentioned Escobar, you mentioned Luis Robo, you mentioned Orbelin. It's just, it's easy to, to look at this roster and, and just highlight a number of players have been really impressive, you know, so far mm-hmm. this season. No, yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, even out of all people, I think a lot of the Cruz Azul fan base, they were a fan of this player, but they, they didn't expect him to really step up to the plate and kind of have a regular role, which is Shaggy Martinez. Even Shaggy yeah. Martinez has been exceptional. Um, I feel like his proving point was against was against Tigres when he was when he goes up against these pacey, skillful wingers and he he did he put a shift in, you know. Um he, he's been doing great, both Fernandez and even someone like uh, Rafael Vaca, who has been one of the few players along with Luis Romo, who Juan Reynoso has played consistently throughout yeah. all the games. Um, I feel like even Rafa Vaca in general, he's just one of the most underrated Mexican midfield midfielders. Him and like Borito Fernandez kind of had that same vibe in terms of they do all that dirty work and they always display at least a seven out of 10 games, but um, they don't get the recognition they deserve on their teams or even a national team. One, one person I want to bring up uh, before we uh, start looking at Atlas again, but one player we haven't discussed yet is Chuy Corona. And I thought it was pretty interesting what you tweeted out the other day about him potentially getting a contract extension, what role he could possibly have. But for you, are you, are you seeing this as, or do you believe that this should be his last season um, that he should be a starter and going forward, you got to give more opportunities to Andres Cudinho. You got to give more opportunities to Jurado. Is that, is that how you're kind of seeing it going forward with this player who's been, I mean, he's, he's, he's the captain. He's, uh, I know he's an agent captain, but just someone who's been, I don't know, so crucial to Crusoe in, in numerous, numerous games. No. Yeah. Um, like I said, we, yesterday was great. We had a, this great discussion um, from all the Crusoe fans. I did a poll. I did the numbers. I did a poll, and the numbers were 39%. They want him. They he, they he should get a contract extension, and then 37% said no, and then 24% of people said they they haven't made up their mind. Um, so it's very down the middle, and I think at this point you can argue either side. I mean, there obviously there's fans who believe it or not, there's Cruz Azul fans who who want him out. They don't think he's any good. Like his reign is over, and all this stuff, and you know, my take on it, like, uh, I'll, I'll just read what I tweeted out the other day. I said, I, yeah, I definitely agree fans can doubt his like ability, his capable like ability as a footballer, as a, as a, as a keeper and his leadership skills. But in the reality of it, Chuit Corona can start for more than half the league. I make seems that in this current, yeah. this current stage, like, yeah. he can start for, he's better. In my opinion, he's better than every single keeper that's on the Chivas roster right now. And Chivas are supposed to be harvesting the best, Mexican-born players, um, but I said, however, it, it's it's becoming one of those points where like we know that Shui Corona is not going to be played forever. Um, I think it's kind of a similar situation what Juventus gone through with Buffon. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a great keeper and he's going to be a legend um, and an iconic player. But it's one of those things if you don't rip off the bandaid, in a sense, um, when exactly in the long term. Someone like a Jurado Godinho, when if they don't get that playing time and experience, it's just going to be a kind of a painful process to find a new number one goalkeeper at Cruz Azul for the long term. And we're going to have to keep going through this kind of like 
to be honest, kind of like what Chivas goes through at their goalkeeper. They haven't had a mm-hmm. solid number one keeper in a long time since Cota, right? Probably. And even for me, I, I don't really rate Cota that much, but he was their number one. He was a solid keeper and he won them a, chan- a championship. But um, nonetheless, I think Choi, I, I don't think it's nothing against Choi, but it's one of those things that for both sides, I think it'll benefit both sides to just kind of move on in a way. But I wouldn't be mad if he renewed his contract. But Best case scenario is hopefully, you know, knock on wood, if we somehow win this ninth championship, he can go I was a captain lifting that trophy. But um, like I said, it's it's a very controversial and it can go either side topic. No, I 100% agree right there. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, we're recording this before Bechicle starts uh, their Olymp- uh, Olympic qualifying run, which will be in just a few hours. But I think Malagón's going to get the start in it probably for Mexico. But imagine Jurado gets a start today, gets a start in another match. He's exceptional. You know, imagine mm-hmm. that he and, and he could potentially be mm-hmm. exceptional. We know that he's he's got a lot of potential. And if he has a great game there, then what are people? It, it, it'll I guess what I'm trying to say here is it'll definitely help the case of him getting more minutes with Cruz Azul because that's what's going to happen. That'll be one of the talking points if he has a good game for or good tournament. Who knows? Maybe he will be the starter. It remains to be seen for 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 Mexico and Olympic qualifying. But if he has a good run of form, if he has a good uh, match like or two with with L3's Olympic side, then people are going to say, well, f- should he be getting more opportunities with Cruz Azul? Should he be getting more minutes? Should he potentially even start? So that's something to to definitely keep an eye on. But, um, Oscar, before we move on to the next game, any other final thoughts on Atlas, you know, uh, before uh, you get the, uh, a 10-0 win to, to honor <laughs> your, 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 your 10th win in a row? Um, I, I would just say, like, as always, um, I, w- I wouldn't want to uh, <laughs> kind of do this expectation that we're going to win it right away. It's, it's, it's secure. I'm always – I've been having so much anxiety each game. It's like, ah, oh, when when it- – <laughs> Uh, when are we like I said I, I, I kind of put this kind of like um, my uh, situation in my head with this will this be kind of like a Steelers situation for how the NFL how they did it uh, the NFL team did it during the regular season where they went like 11 and 0 and then from there it just went downhill will it be kind of like a Manchester City type of thing where like they'll lose a game but then they're right back at it right it again um so yeah that's that's kind of the anxiety situation i've been going through but like i said guys are more than capable to to winning at the end of the day this is this is football and more importantly this is league on does jerome bettis still play for steel i haven't watched the steel i haven't watched nfl since like the 90s i have no idea what's going on sometimes when people bring up uh oh yeah sorry sorry i just i just i just i just i just um just put context to that with the Steelers thing then they they had like this little undefeated run i I think they were 11 and 0 at one point and then as you know i think football games are just like 17 regular season games and they just went downhill like they didn't i don't even think they made playoffs or they lost the very first round of playoffs or, and then I brought up the Man City thing where I, th- I think you could re- relate a little bit there where in terms of if you watch Man City, if, when they lose a game, the next game, they're right back at it, which is, uh, I feel that's the bigger question. If, if and when, I mean, maybe they might not lose when they lose their first game, what's going to be the reaction from the players and the mentality of the coach would be like, all right, we lost the game, on to the next one, and they go back they go back at it again, they're back at it again. Now, who is the, the Emmett Smith 
of the and who's the Barry Sanders of League of Mackeys? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, I have no idea. Uh, I answer that. Uh, let's move on to Mazatlan versus Abetica. That'll actually be uh, on Friday. Um, so that'll be uh, tomorrow if you're listening to this on Thursday. But uh, tomorrow if you're listening to this on Thursday, that was such a strange thing to say. I'll talk about a game on Friday. But Oscar, do you think Abetica will continue their good run of form with another big away win? Um, I think so. I mean, I don't see why not. That especially after winning a Clásico Nacional, so dominating, and mm-hmm. quite frankly, they just really embarrassed Chivas at their home ground. You know, what, their confidence is going to be up through the roof, and I, I just don't see Mazatlan really um, kind of prepared for that type of club of America. Yeah, and especially with Mazatlan, because people are going to say, I think some people point out and be like, well, they just recently defeated Tigres you know if they could defeat Tigres then why why couldn't they you know beat another league giant like America but then when you look at that uh well first off when you consider Tigres they've been a little up and down they've been a little inconsistent they're they're having that uh extended uh winter preseason if you will uh, before they inevitably like qualify for the final after sneaking in at 12th place in the playoffs but also in that mm-hmm. in that win over over Thigas, I think it's also important to remember that Thigas went down to ten players by the tenth minute. Uh, Thigas had Javier Aquino uh, showed a red uh, within uh, within the first ten minutes, and after that, Mazatlan responded. They got a couple goals. I know, know Thigas uh, ended up getting a goal for them, themselves, but I think that's also important to keep in mind. And if you're to take that that result out, then what you're looking at is a Mazatlan side that have lost 4-1 to to Toluca. They lost 3-0 to San Luis. They lost 1-0 to the Juarez. They lost They lost to Cruz Azul. Yes, people say, well, they also got a 3-0 uh, win over Querétaro. Granted, that win is also a game in which they also had not only mm-hmm. a one-man advantage, but a two-man advantage when, <laughs> yeah. when Querétaro uh, went down to nine players by the 55th minute. So Mazatlan, they're... <laughs> I mean, it's. I'm not saying they only got their last two wins uh, since February just because, just because opposition got red cards, but they really. It seems like they've needed some serious help in order to really stay alive in some of these games. No, no, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I, 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 I never really liked Thomas Boy. You know, I don't think that's I a like hot take. Very... I, I don't think that's a hot take. I think a lot of people yeah. agree with you. <laughs> I was gonna say. Uh, this is where I'm not diplomatic at all. I have no filter. I really, I really disliked him at Cruz Azul. I really dislike him as a coach. I probably would dislike him as a as a human being. But I don't <laughs> wish any hate or harmer against him. But yeah, so anything bad on the professional level that can happen to Thomas Boy and just kind of diminish his stature of what uh, you. I'll even say it. I don't even think he's out of a good good player. I don't, I don't think he ever was. You know what? I don't care if he scored that good goal at the World Cup. I don't care. I don't think he's that good. Um, so it. yeah, I, uh, Thomas Boy, I have no sympathy. Um, the I, I do, even though Club America are rivals, I hope they beat that's how much I dislike Thomas Boy. I, <laughs> I hope America wins Masalan 3 0. Dang, dang, that's that some strong words. I love it, but yeah, America, you can't. You can't ignore their their run of form. I mean, I, I've I've said the the phrase gradual progress a lot when it comes to America. Just them waiting and fans waiting for the big moment for the statement making win, and they got it. <laughs> they got it with mm-hmm. that three nothing away win. Uh, oh my god! Over that, Chivas. That day, just, yeah. I don't know if you saw it. The good. I mean, this is the good thing about um, kind of the community growing. Um, I, I think Chivas was like trending, like even in my area, 
um, for the U.S. on on that on that night, and the and then the fact that they trended so for something so bad, and Club America fans were just kind of like bantering, and it was I don't know, it was just a fun time <laughs> in general to just watch that because um, yeah, I don't know, I feel like I know going a little bit off topic here. I think Chivas are the are their own enemy. They put themselves in this situation, so to blame fans blaming the players or anyone, I feel like it's redundant a little bit just because they put themselves in that situation. You know, you know what she was, she was kind of, she was in general are now, you know, mm-hmm. that meme where like the guy's popping off the bottle and he has, but he's like in 10th place down with the school and everyone is <laughs> yeah. out. Uh, it, you know, it, just because and in that metal and that um kind of celebration is only because they're, they have the biggest fan base, I guess, which it's, it's great to have a big fan base. But in my opinion, at the end of the day, that co- the combination of having the most trophies, a, 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 a solid side fan base is what really matters, in my opinion. But um, yeah, that that's just my take. So I was kind of happy to see that. Yeah, that was definitely uh, somewhat of an epic day there for for America fans. And when you're watching like the first like 30 minutes, you're like, all right, this is you know, Chivas are a little defensive here. Uh, it's it's only a matter of time before Medica get the goal. And then Henry Martin scores and then does the, the Blanco celebration. You're like, oof, all right, this is a classical here. <laughs> like, this yeah, is, that, like, like I, I said, something's happening here. Yeah. Like, and then Brissani, after, what Brissani, like I said, like I said, Chivas did this to themselves. <laughs> what did Brissani said during the week? Yeah, no, <laughs> about that identity, and, the lot, no identity. And then like, they, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, yeah, it's it's just funny. I think at this point, what I what I thought that was very interesting too after that game, mm-hmm. like I'm not saying Chivas is becoming the new like America in terms of, like everybody hates them, but a lot of like even like from the guys from like Monterrey, even Tigres, like everyone was just kind of like Chivas were they, they kind of were calling them out on their own stuff and and just telling them like why are you like complaining all this stuff too like I don't know they're just kind of becoming that that the new America if that if that makes sense. Um, as before, that was kind of theaters for a little bit, but I think Chivas starting to take that throne just because of how much they complain now. Is it you know, be... that's, a, that's a big discussion between at least in our and my family because uh, half of my family is from Guadalajara, and then it's basically just me and my dad who are kind of like Mexico City uh, teams like Cruz Azul. So, yeah, that, maybe it's just that. Maybe I'm just being biased. <laughs> Maybe she was odia me más también. Like, hey, me too. Like, hate me as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but let's uh, let's move on to another big game uh, for the week. And actually, initially, I because I'm a dummy, um, I looked at the League of Mikey's website and I was like, all right, it's going to be Rayaldas versus Chivas. And I failed to notice that that game was pushed back to April 21st. So we're going to be talking about Santos versus Leon. But as Oscar, you know, brought up before we started recording, you know, this is, you know, this probably should have made the the cut anyways for the for the big games because, I mean, I, I think this could go either way. I mean, Santos have been fairly impressive for 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 most of the season. You know, they tend to do very well when they're at home. You have an up-and-coming player like Santiago Munoz, who's finding it back in the net. And then Leon, it seems like things are finally starting to click for them. They got that big win over Nagaxa. Some of their key players are stepping up and, I don't know, shaking off a little bit of that rust from earlier in, in the year. So this could end up being quite a good game. Even if it, it could be a, it could be like a, a preview for like a semifinal playoff match or something. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think I'd like to point out if I remember correct, correctly, last year before the 
I mean, the last tournament, mm-hmm. Leon struggled those first that first half of the season. Remember, they just couldn't yeah. score, but they weren't playing bad. Yeah, and I think that's what they're just going through right now. Um, they haven't been. Particular- I, I don't think there's been a single game where they've been completely like they've been dominated or thrashed or you know what I mean? They just mm-hmm. been in my they just been extremely unlucky. It's just how the game goes at times. Even when we play them, um they 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 did dictate um possession and all that, but um it's not like we battered them or anything. I mean we we just took our, our one chance and we scored that that was about it. And that was against us and the we're in the top of the league right now. So yeah, and then with Santos, I just feel like you know they they've been they've been real consistent. They've been up there with um, uh, Cuba America and Cruz Azul right now with in terms of the consistency a bit. I mean they lose here and there, but points wise, it's not really much in it. I mean they're only uh, not like a little over five points behind us, I think, and four points against America if I'm not mistaken. You know, and it's it's easy to kind of forget how how well they're doing, and it's sometimes you really need to look at the league table and realize that they're in third right now. They've They've mm-hmm. only they've only allowed seven goals so far this season. Yeah, they're not putting up some of the attacking numbers that you see for for other sides. But Santos have become it's it's almost like it, within when recent years, like they're not going to be the title contender. You're never going to say they're the title contender, but they're always in the playoff conversation. You always expect them to be very very good at home. You always expect them to be producing great mm-hmm. young talent as well i think that's mm-hmm. something that now we're associating them with is just is like exciting up-and-coming names i mean santiago muñoz is one of those players that's stepping up and he it's not it's, it's not even like he's the only young player that's uh that's stepping up this team i like ronaldo prieto uh otero as mm-hmm. well it's just it's it, it seems like a well-balanced well-structured team that can really make it difficult for for any Liga Mekis team. Honestly, I, I can say that against any Liga Mekis team, I think I think Santos will could go toe to toe with the number of, of any Liga Mekis teams in the in the league. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, they still don't even have their best player back, right? Or is he back yeah. already? No, no, no. Uh, yes. Uh, oh my God, what Brian I, Lozano. Yes, Brian Lozano. Yeah, he's still he's still uh, recovering from his. Yeah, injury. imagine they don't even have him back in. Uh, yeah, like I said, I think you you top you summarized Club Santos perfectly in the last fifteen years. Just to for, forget their what they do on the pitch, their overall business model off the pitch as well. It's just been, it's just been excellent. You know, I think if I'm not were they the first team to introduce the English based account and just really uh, try to connect. I think it was actually um, driving Sh- more more fans. I think it was Cholos who did it first, and the second team that did it was Santos. But I think what what, what stood out about Santos doing it is that for Cholos it was like obvious. You're like, well, you're on the border, and like their whole yeah. and Cholos's whole identity is just like uh, you know, it's just a team that lives on both sides of the border. Even though I don't think they've tweeted from their English language account for like the last like four months. But with Santos, they're very they're very forward thinking. Like it's kind of like mm-hmm. just not by, and it's, and you're, you can't just say just because they have an English language account, that means they're forward thinking. I think that's no. just, that's just a result of them having so many forward thinking thoughts, so many fo- like a forward thinking process and really progressive club. And so because of that, that's why they have that. So it's kind of, I guess, emblematic of what, of what they're kind of trying to do. That it's, it's, it's not just reaching out to American audiences, but also realizing, well, we should also be producing young talent. We should also be doing some like social initiatives as well. So, but yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely, uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of the club, but, but yeah, but either way, Leon though, <laughs> they said that they could, this, this could be the start of their, 
I, I guess I guess you can a call turning it turning point. I guess yeah, the resurgence. You could really call it the resurgence and getting a big mm-hmm. res- getting a big away win over Santos would definitely. I think that would be a statement. I think I, I think I know they're not a major club, but I think it would be a statement to get a big win over over Santos. No, yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, this could be the resurgence, be a turning point. Um, like I mentioned before, the, I thought this was probably going to be one of those low key matches where it's going to be very very competitive and just a tight game for both teams just because they're both they both need they both want to win and they both need the points um well maybe not santos but at leon definitely needs the point and santos just wants to keep that momentum going agreed agreed so uh now let's look at really quickly the other games from the weekend we got Pachuca versus Tigres uh that'll be uh later on uh today on Thursday uh, on Friday, we have Necaxa versus Juarez. On uh, Saturday, we have San Luis versus Pumas. Uh, also on Saturday, there's Cholos versus Querétaro. And then on Sunday, we also have Toluca versus Puebla. Um, Oscar, what other, what other games are you keeping an eye on? Um, I'm not going to lie. I think Tigres is a not a funny situation, but it's an interesting situation in terms of like like uh, um, all the, the Tigres fans on my timeline uh, mm. because of the guys from Tigres English. They're, they're so, like, negative towards Duca right now and just the <laughs> team in general. But just before, just, like, a few weeks ago, weren't they, like, they were saying they're, like, the second-best team in the world, um, Duca masterclass, um, all this positive positive vibe energy. And all of a sudden, like, I don't know, they just want him out, I guess, despite what he's done the last 10 years. And even, even what he just did, he just went to the CONCACAF champions and he got he he just finished the best finishing ever in in the Concacaf region at the Club World Cup, and they they say he's washed and he's finished. He just did two he just added two things to the resume. Um, but yeah, Tigres has been interesting, inconsistent. But um, I the fact I mean the fact now that there's going to be twelve teams in the playoffs, I, I I don't think anyone should if you're if you're like a team that has an in depth squad like Tigres, even Leon and Chivas still have a chance to get into the playoffs. But I mean. In, there's 12 spots now and Every, everybody has a chance. <laughs> yeah. Like, everybody you, has a chance. Yeah. Like you, there's still more, there's a little over half the season to go still a little under and you know, it's, it, I don't know. That, that's just been interesting to see um, that aspect. And um, I, I, I like to look at too. I mean, their, their league, the league position doesn't show it, but I feel like they've been, um, I mean, they gave us an, I don't remember, I don't remember even that match, but, the Cruz to look at that that's still probably the match of the, the season so far. Yeah. And I, and I would say with with uh Toluca, and I've said this time and time again, it's just I know they just recently lost two nothing to Bachuca, but I feel like they've been competitive in so many games. They've been exactly yeah. so many matches. I obviously there's a lot of help there when you have you know Sambuesa, there's a lot of help when you have the you know the amount of goals that uh, Alexis Canelo has uh, has found for for Toluca. But they just like game in, game out, weekend, week out. Like you can't really, like you, you, you can't really say that like that they're gonna easily lose this game or that they're gonna really struggle. Because I mean, honestly, they're they, they've been so competitive in so many games. So I've definitely been impressed by the look. And it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if they're a little bit of a dark horse once the playoffs start. Because I mean, I, I don't know, especially with some of those figures that they have in the team and. When they have like a, an exciting up and coming name like uh, Castaneda, who is helping up top, who, you know, who made it to the preliminary 
50 man list for Mexico's Olympic side, but didn't make, he did make the final cut, but that's definitely someone else to, to keep an eye on as well. But, but yeah, no, I, I like, I like the Luca as well, but it's, it's still going to be, it's, I'm not saying they're going to be like a title contender, but I think they're still going to make things tough for a lot of teams. And, and speaking of potential dark horse, I mean, Puebla, that, that'll be interesting too, when they, when they take on Puebla, because I don't know, they're fascinating. It's, um, it's like whenever, whenever I was, remember, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just what's fascinating about Puebla is that when, whenever I look at like tactics and formations of all the teams, it's like recently you've seen this rise of like, or the return, I guess you'd say of like the four, four, two in Liga of Mankins. I feel like a lot of teams are doing a four, four, two, four, four, two, four, four, two. Then you look at Puebla and they're like, Nope, this is kind of a five, four, one, or like a three, <laughs> or like a, yeah. or like a three, five, two. And they're going to, they aren't afraid to like, be a little scrappy they aren't afraid to be a little defensive and it's and it's worked i mean they've they've only allowed seven goals and they're in seventh place right now which for puebla i mean that's that's decent if you're if you're a top eight team if you're in a top eight position i feel like you can't you can't complain too much if you're if you're a puebla fan you know yeah yeah definitely um yeah like i said i think league mx in general the last few tournaments have just been kind of really entertaining don't really know which teams are which and what and yeah. which are their courses. Uh, like I said, it's the beauty of the MX. It's so it's so it can be so competitive. One one year it's a or one tournament it's one team, another tournament it's another team. I mean, look look at Puma. If I'm not mistaken, Puma's finished above us um, last tournament. Look, and they're really struggling right now. Yeah. Same thing with Leon. They were super the champion. Look where they are right now. Um, and then. Who would ever thought that after that disastrous um, thing we went through the first two games and then in the in the semifinal that we're still we're still battling it out and still trying and still top of the league and still trying to go overcome that that final match um, and you know we're doing it so it's it's you know it's it's just crazy you know it's really really entertaining um, the one thing COVID has allowed at least allowed me personally is to watch as as much football as I can, whether it's Liga Max, Europe, uh, Lipadores, it's it's just been really fascinating to watch um, all these games and without fans. Um, I don't know how much of an impact the no fans in stadiums have really um, impacted teams. Maybe that's why like a Puebla can perform against uh, kind of the bigger clubs and get results because there's no there's not that twelfth man to back their their team. Yeah, agreed. 100% agreed. So we only got a few minutes left here. We got a few listener questions uh, to go through. And we're going to start with uh, Luis, uh, who is at Segundis Luis. And he asked, looking at Chivas's remaining schedule, I set a line on how many more points they could squeeze out in the games that they have left at 7.5. Would you go over and under? And they also ask, also, how many goals do you think Caragli will score this Saturday? So let's, let's first uh, look at that Chivas schedule question. And the way that I'm looking at it, I'm looking at their schedule. I'm thinking they're going to lose to Santos, probably going to lose to Cruz Azul. They're probably going to beat Cholos. They're going to get, I guess, is a draw against Rayados. They're going to beat Atlas, and they're going to get a draw against Tigres. If I, if, just off the top of my head. Just off the top of my head. Yeah, and, yeah. And, I'm, and I'm saying that's around eight points right there. So that's that's that, I'm, I'm thinking eight points right there. I don't, I don't know if you've looked at their schedule, mm-hmm. Oscar, but does that seem about right? Do you think they'll get a little bit more? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and um. You know, I, I know I just I know I just kind of went in on Chivas back uh, a little there, but I definitely have sympathy for them because I still respect their tradition and identity, and I really respect that they all play with all Mexicans. And I, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I really root for the players individually. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
Oh, man. But looking at their schedule, they got us on the 10th, Juan at Monterrey, then Clásico Tapatio, and then Tigres. I mean, oh, man, I don't know. I feel so bad for them because the pressure is really on them right now. Uh-huh. I don't know if you noticed their social and none of their social media. They haven't posted like anything. They're like, because they don't want to deal with the fans' repercussions right now. <laughs> yeah. Besides that, that that press conference and um, yeah. Um, but that that goes with the territory with the with the big clubs. You know, you, you're either the best in the world or you're the worst in the world. Unfortunately, that's how it goes. Same thing with the, that's how it goes with the national team. But I think yeah, you I got I think you're right. Best case scenario, eight points, uh, especially looking at what how they played and what their points are right now yeah and it's interesting too it's just like we don't have to dive into it too much because we should go into the second question but say they do get those eight points so we're looking at what they have right now they have 12 points right now so say that happens that means that they would have about 20 points to to finish the season now if we're looking at last year uh the top 12 um who went to the playoffs Puebla snuck in at 12th place with 20 points 20. as well. So mm-hmm. that, so even if that were to happen, even if, even if Chivas were to get eight points right there, that may or may not be enough to qualify for the playoffs. So it definitely says a lot about how they're going to have to, I don't know, I guess, I guess it, it exceed what they've done recently, like play at a little bit of a higher level that they've been re- doing recently, because if, if not, then they, they might be out of the playoffs, which is just such a low bar these days, it, especially for a team like Chivas. Like you, yeah, that's that, it's such a low bar qualifying for playoffs, and a team like Chivas should be finishing in the in the top twelve. I mean, man, I, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I don't I don't like that term anymore in terms of like just because you have a certain crest on the on the front of your shirt, it doesn't justify or mean that you should mm-hmm. be at the top mm-hmm. of the table. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because if if things aren't run correctly on and off the pitch, and if you're not making the right executive decisions, you know what I mean. Like what what makes you to be there? You know, cause I say that because we have the same problem too. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we bought we wasted a lot of money and in the last twenty years, and we I mean, granted, we've won some Copa Americas and Concacaf champions, but just because you know our our history, it doesn't mean that we deserve or we should be at a at a certain point or be above another point that's why i don't even like uh yeah 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 that's why i really have a lot of respect for others i mean i don't take them again who who what makes them what makes us better than them in, in the league right now if uh if the league plays is one one in, in one sense in one season and then the year's another season anything could really happen and yeah. um yeah I was, I was thinking more so not just like I was thinking more not not because like the team's identity and the history and not, I'm not I, I was thinking more so you know you have Macias you have Antuna you know you have oh, okay, yeah yeah you have, you have Calderon you you have you know, Angulo you have Beltran you have Mayo it's just I I thinking when you look at the roster and you have Alexis Vega I, mean, I could go on I could go on uh, yeah but you, then again but do, yeah. then again do they actually really have the best Mexican players? Luis Romo is a better is the best Mexican fielder right now in Liga MX, and him and Montes and she was he's not playing for Chivas. Mm-hmm. Chuy Corona is a better keeper than uh, what's his name uh, Godinho, Godinho. Godinho. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Tonio. I yeah. I think Cato Dominguez is a better center center back than both the center backs on the pitch. Aldrete is better than, in my opinion, the the Mozo from Pumas. You know what I mean? That's yeah. where I kind of go with like it has they have they made the right decisions, but then again. 
they're in a position where like i don't know e- economically business wise certain things can't happen because you know um just kind of how if t- if team if teams know that they they have a good mexican player and Ch- and chivas can only buy mexican players we're like are right, you want him oh, give me 20 million <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. looking at thinking like that which is a problem but yeah Sorry, I've been ranting no, off there. No, that was good. I lo- no, I love this. I love this. I, I just my, my final thought though is that not say that that they have the best team. I'm just saying when you have those players, you should probably be in the top tour. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. That, that's 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 what I'm thinking right there. But also on to the second question there. Uh, how many goals do you think Caraglia will score this Saturday? It sounds like someone's trying to make some bets right here. Over under seven point yeah. five. How many goals do you think Caraglia will score this Saturday? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I think with Caraglia, I. I don't think he's found his groove just yet. Um, mm-hmm. It has exactly been his season. I wouldn't be surprised if it's another game without a goal, but I think what's what's tough about giving a definitive statement on that is just with Garaglio's talent, he could turn things around at any moment. You know, it could easily be, you know, with his size and his like aerial ability, he could easily have, you know, a goal off a quarter this weekend but i think so it could potentially be this weekend he could he could turn things around but i think in general though he just really things just really haven't clicked for him just yet uh in early 2021 you know what um i hope caralio scores he could score one goal but we win that'd be that (laughs) because i don't have any bad resentment towards him i thought he was a great servant for the club i would have mind if he stayed there as a squad player Mm -hmm. um at one point he was our top scorer even though he did score, it was a bunch of penalties. But regardless, he was scoring goals for us. He never said anything bad about the club. Um, he was very professional at the end of the day. And, you know, I don't have any resentment towards him. So if he can get one goal pers- individually for him and hopefully not celebrate and uh, <laughs> kiss the crust. <laughs> yeah. Because I think when um I went to the game where he scored a penalty against Atlas back in, uh, I want to say two years ago now, at the Estadio Jalisco. And he and he celebrated against his former team Atlas that 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 day. So so, but um, yeah. Hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll give him one. Hopefully, he can get one for himself individually. Just one, as long as he does the. I'm not going to celebrate. You know, he's just like no, okay. Just, yeah, and we win. That, we have to win. Yeah, there you if go. wins like three one, and he just gets the one. I'll be happy. But if they win because of him, I was like, ugh. <laughs> well, Caraglio. Sometimes I wouldn't be surprised if it was a. Uh, he gets like a second assist or a third assist. I think he does. He does a lot of. I think unlike other strikers, like he, he's he's much more than a goal scorer. I think he does a lot of work as a target guy. Like launch the ball up to him, and he'll like distribute or provide a header like onto the wings to help them. His hold up play is amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's what people. That's why people criticize him a lot. It's just like, well, where are the goals? Where are the goals? Like, oh, he does a lot more than just score goals. You know, if you watch him play, it's like they launch mm-hmm. up the ball his back to net boom heads it over to back to a midfielder or a winger and it helps create stuff. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm uh, yeah. But that being said, we'll see if he scores or not this weekend. Um, let's move on to the next question from Luis Molina Leva. And he asked what Mexican player that plays in Liga Mekis do you think could help Chivas get the goals that they need to be on top? Uh, I think uh, you look, uh, you just look at uh, a couple of Santiago's. <laughs> you take a chance on Santiago Munoz from Santos maybe Santiago Ormeño from Puebla. I, I think I think those are the two immediate options um, that I would look at because, well, for one, with Munoz, you have someone who has potential. You have someone who looks to be on the rise in his career. May, I mean, he still has a lot to prove, you know, at, at such a young age, but he, he seems to be 
uh, firing on all cylinders in, in recent months. But if you want someone a little bit more experienced, someone who's a little bit older, um, someone who uh, you know, seems to be a good run of form as well, then maybe look at Ormeño as well o- over in Puebla. And I think th- those are the first two that come to mind for me. Uh, but for you, Oscar, who, if you're, if you're running Chivas, like who, who comes to mind here? I mean, you could also say just bring Chicharito back, but I don't, yeah. that, that's a different conversation. The, was the question just strikers? I think he just said, uh, oh, you know what? I Because, yeah, he did say to get because the for goals. Me, I'd pick, I wouldn't pick any of those. No, I, w- I wouldn't. I don't want to say that. I would, I'd prefer just to pick someone like a, Lu- a Luis Romo. Okay. Um, yeah. Just because yeah. Lu- Luis Romo, just because I feel like they don't, they don't need any goal, any goal threats. They have Alexis Vega and they have JJ Macias who had uh, given their opportunity. I mean, I mean, that, that, that thing, one of the big, biggest criticisms of right now, which she was, or the lack of um, kind of things that are not being noted is, they're not being feeded the ball, you know what I mean? You, mm-hmm. you can't expect J.J. Macias and Alexis Vega to drop all the way back and kind of do like a messy and dribble pass through everybody. They need service. They need they need help. They need a link of play. And I think someone like Luis Romo, who's probably the most complete mid... I don't know. Maybe I'm just biased. I, I said this a while ago. I feel like he can be our Mexican version of Arturo Vidal. He doesn't have that aggressive as Vidal, but, mm-hmm. man, is he, is he, he... He's just such a complete midfielder. He can... He's athletic. He has a good technical ability. He can score goals. He gets assists. Um, I think they need. I think they. I would. She was. I think they need to add a, a someone like a, Lu, a Luis Romo, and I think they need a an established keeper. I, I'm gonna be biased again. And I think they they need like an Ochoa or a Choi or even a Jonathan Orozco at the at the back of the net. Yeah, agreed. I mean, there's definitely there needs to be some sort of shakeup there in the midfield uh, when it when it comes to Chivas because. Uh, yeah, if we're looking to help them get the goals, because uh, immediately I was just like, all right, a striker, let's go. What kind of strikers do they need? But yeah, if you're looking for someone to help get the goals, um, yeah, Luis Romo. I mean, like you mentioned, he's, I mean, he's so, he's such a well-balanced player. Like, I feel like you could, you can play him in defense and he'd be doing all right. You can play yeah, him I as a, I don't know if I'm being yeah. biased. I don't know. Cut, cut me off or just bring me no, back, no, back to I the think ground. It, if, no, if, I think, am I just being uh, way too biased? I just, I've never seen a Mexican player like him in such a long time. I think I think there's a lot of versatility when 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 I think of Luis Romo. There's a lot of and maybe maybe he'd have a a little bit more. Maybe people would be a little bit more excited if he was just like a year or two younger too. Because I think like once players hit, what is yeah, he? Is he 24 true. now? Is he? Is he, I think he's 24, yeah. right? I think once players yeah, hit that kind age. of age, then people start feeling like, oh, okay, maybe he's not going to hit like the peaks that we think he, he's going to hit. But no, he's an incredible player. And like I said, I, I've always more than anything else is his versatility. I feel like you could play him as a central defender and he'd pr- probably be all right. He he's obviously does well as a defensive midfielder and as a box-to-box midfielder. And also with like, as we've seen with Cruz Azul, he could generally be, he could be a 10, honestly. <laughs> he could be, he could yeah, be a that's 10. That's why I said he can, yeah. he can be our version of a, a prime Octura Vidal. Vidal's like, to me, one of the most underrated midfielders in recent times. He's just the most, one of the most complete midfielders I've ever seen in recent times. And um. I feel like he can be that version of him with a little bit less aggressiveness, but um, yeah, like just seeing his whole whole game, it's uh, I'm really excited if he can be steer- steered in the right direction. He can go out to do really big things. Agreed, agreed. And we got one final question here from Jake Coleman, who's asked, "What's wrong with Akeloba? So talented, but hasn't got going this Glausura." Um, for me, I, my thoughts. Just, I mean, it's just it's. 
it's it's really tough to shine in a team like Rayados. You know, there's so mm-hmm. much talent in that squad, and I genuinely genuinely don't think he's been given enough opportunities to really stand out. I mean, he's he, he scored a game winner in one of his two starts this season, but he's only had two starts, and he hasn't been in the starting eleven since February. I think so. I think Agita is still trying to figure figure him out, or maybe. Maybe Aguita just thinks that he he likes him as a boost of energy in the second half. But if, if for the talents that he has, it's just it, it is a little disappointing that he's only been given two starts. And you never know what's happening in, in behind the scenes. Maybe he isn't training well. Maybe there's something on the that you know we aren't seeing from like you know Monday through Friday you know on the training ground. But it's just it's tough to, to shine in a team like Rayados, and I just don't think he's been given enough chances just yet. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think also. Uh, it, Turco never gave him much chance either so I feel like there's a consistent issue there I guess either on his part or uh, at the end of the day it just could be the manager just, just doesn't rate him and there's just players ahead of him and then um, I think like a lot of coaches they already have a specific group of players that, that, that their group of 11 that's going to play no matter what even if fans or media agree, uh, disagree um, like Vasco Aguirre like uh, like and then again, who are you gonna take out from that Monterrey that eight team? I think yeah, everyone does individually. Issue, yeah. They they play they do their job. Uh, they do their job extremely well. So who are you gonna take off? Um, I know we were linked with them back in the day, but I think, yeah, I, I think that's one of the one of the pros and cons of having such a depth squad. But then again, not playing a player who can maybe change the game is also a negative. If you're not not given that opportunity, which is why I think Juan Reynoso also deserves a lot of praise too because. He's been rotating the whole team and give, giving everybody a clean slate and giving them uh, an opportunity to shine and just strengthen shrink, the internal competition. Yeah, and I just, I guess, what comes to mind when I think of Akelova is just like, uh, it's it's like it's somewhat similar to like Fabian Castillo with Cholos, where people see this talented player and they're like, like, oof, I mean, this guy should be starting week in and week out. But at the same time, they're like, all right, but maybe you like him more as a boost in the second half. You know, you know, with Akelov, maybe what I get is think it's just like, I know it's only limited minutes, but here's someone who could finish. Here's someone who's who's clever with his movement of the ball. You know, here's someone who who has pace as well. And maybe he's like, maybe that's what Aguirre is thinking. You know, it's just like, let's put him in in the second half. He's not going to get a lot of minutes uh, as a starter. You know, he, he's going to be more of a bench player, but that maybe that's what 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 I what I get it is thinking and it's maybe and that's kind of like the same thing over here with Cholos you know I think mm-hmm. people are wondering it's like well Fabian Castillo like yes he he has the talents to be a starting player for Cholos but maybe his best he is best in the team when he when it's the second half other teams a little tired and boom you throw in a really yeah. really dynamic player like like Fabian Castillo so maybe that's that's who he's looking but I, I'm not sure I'm not sure maybe maybe, maybe are there are other reasons yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, um, I, I think it's out of our out of our control to see or explain why, because it, it, maybe it is a training thing in practice. He's not practicing hard enough, or it, it could just be an individual thing. Sometimes you prefer other players over other players, and that's how yeah. that's how the game goes. Agreed, agreed, agreed. So, uh, Oscar, any other final thoughts before we before we close out? It could be about pizza. Uh, it could be about tacos. Pizza. <laughs> Boston, whatever you want. Yeah. Um, no, uh, other than the fact that you know we're, we're we just came up on the year anniversary of COVID, right? Indoors, no games. Um, 
other than that, I just hope everyone's safe and not losing their mind after a year. Uh, but yeah, it's been an entertaining year, heartbreaking year for me. I know I took I, I my sabbatical. I I took a sabbatical too. I didn't cover the first. I didn't cover the LAFC game and after those two games because in the first two games because that oh man that semifinal destroyed me. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a rough times. But yeah, hopefully everybody's staying safe. Hopefully you guys are getting your checks. I haven't gotten my stimulus check yet, so waiting for that. But uh, that's it for us. The um, stimulus check memes have been hilarious, by the way. Oh, dude, I've been loving it. I think I saw one for, I think the Chivas guy was like, uh, let's get all your stimmies checks together and we'll buy Chivas. <laughs> I saw one, which is like, which is like, it's like, like a stimulus, like stimulus check, like comes through and it's just like me at target, me at target. How much for one of those giant red balls out front or just like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, man, I was but... going to say too, my, when mine comes in, it's like, how much for Cruz Azul? <laughs> like you can get like you can get rafa baka's like like right leg or something i don't know like <laughs> yeah all right well <laughs> go ahead go ahead go ahead, go ahead. Mm. no we're just laughing sorry <laughs> no, no worries. all right well that's it for us uh, many thanks to oscar and to the listeners don't forget to give us a rating review on apple Podcasts, and if you want to connect with us on social media you can find us on twitter at mech soccer show and on instagram at the mexican soccer show thanks again and until next time we'll see you on the next episode see you all around see ya